This is 50 miles per hour. Pop quiz, hot shot. There's a bomb on a bus. You're deeply nuts, you know that. Once the bus goes 50 miles an hour, the bomb is on. Stay on or get off. If it drops below 50, stay on or get off. It blows up. Oh darn. What do you do? You have a hair trigger aimed at your head. What do you do? What do you do? What do you do? I'm your host, Chris Tapley, and you're listening to an oral history of director Jan de Bont's 1994 summer blockbuster, Speed. Straight from the people who made it happen. Now, don't forget to fasten your seatbelts. Let's hit the road. Welcome back, folks, and today is going to be action-packed. Last week, we broke down the most iconic moment in Speed, bus 2525 hurtling over a 50-foot chasm in the freeway. The jump, as we call it. It's a moment that sold countless movie tickets, and it's a moment, I believe, belongs in the canon of contemporary cinema imagery. With that in mind, I thought it would be fun to follow up that episode with some more list shenanigans. Specifically, a countdown of the greatest action sequences or set pieces of all time. And I figured if I was going to bat something like that around for an hour or so, who better than the two gentlemen joining me today? So let me introduce the hosts of Light the Fuse, the official Mission Impossible podcast, Charles Hood and Drew Taylor. Fellas. Oh, we are so excited to be here. Of course, we love speed. <laughs> he was so excited. He, he jumped over me. Did you see that? I jumped. That, I jumped, he jumped in. I was like, I was like, like the bus. 25, 25. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> now we're so excited to be here. We love, we love speed. We love Yandabont. We love action movies, clearly. So it's, uh, it's nice to celebrate all of that in one place. <laughs> Hosted by the great Chris Tapley. I mean, does it get any better? I, I think, don't think not. So. Yeah, I don't think so. Look at him. They're already taking over the show. He's ready to yeah. host this thing. <laughs> Thanks for coming on, guys. Of and course. I should say uh, thank you so much for having us. Totally. And I should say newly official uh, Mission Impossible podcast, because these guys tore through 200 some odd episodes on pure passion for yes. several years. We were very unofficial for five years. <laughs> yes. And then now we're official. Now you're official. Yeah, Paramount so finally put how a many... ring on it. How many speed podcasts you'll have to do before Disney calls you and says, hey, <laughs> want to make this official? I'm guessing more than 200. Um, more than 200. Yep. <laughs> yeah. It'll probably take it was a while. 230 something, I think, for us. Yeah. Man. <laughs> well, yes, they are now the in-house purveyors of Ethan Hunt's shenanigans. And I told Charles and Drew to separately cook up their top 10 lists of uh, action sequences. And I trusted them to not simply fill it out with Mission Impossible movies, which you could quite easily do. Yeah. And uh, they hit me with this. Go ahead and tell me what you told me at the start we're, that I wasn't we're, expecting. We're not going to include any Mission Impossible or Top Gun uh, or Top Gun Maverick, anything. We're going to exclude those from our ballots. Can you believe this? Can you believe yeah, this? Yeah. I mean, I, I just, for me, I felt like I would, I was, I was going to end up throwing in probably a scene, one scene from Top Gun Maverick in particular, and probably the Paris chase from fallout and, and the Dubai sequence from, uh, from ghost protocols. Like, Oh, I'm already using up three slots. I just can't just put it aside. I just got to put it aside. <laughs> it's That's hard. how I felt. It's hard. Well, normally I might've 
shared uh, the lists going in and it was a busy week and we just didn't get around to it. So this will all be a bit of discovery. Um, yes. The only thing I, I like, did make I like clear, that. I like that it's a surprise. Yeah, let's, you know, let's be surprised. If there's overlap, what do we do? Do we do we say if 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 we have the same one as someone else and then we say, oh, we'll, yeah, we'll talk just, about it when we get it to, yeah. to its highest ranking or something? Or how do you want to do that? You know what? I didn't rank. I didn't rank these. I just picked 10. Trump, oh. do you have a freaking list? That's I got a question. I got, I got a ranking. I'm a ranker. Drew's going to just Charles, do, uh, you know, out your ranking, Charles, buddy, Charles needs to go through. back to work. He has too much time on his hands. He's ranked. <laughs> the strike is going hey, on too yeah, long. You need to put in a good word with the AMPTP because that's why I can't. I've got plenty of time. We're ranking lists over here for Christ's oh, sake. Good gosh. Well, I the only rank mine. I, I, mine is more modular and I also have some alts in case maybe I, you know, want to switch fine. it up at the last minute. So anyway, go. Wow. But, yeah. I like We're that. Not, okay. We we, we yeah. have no dogma here. We we will take it as it comes. Good. But uh okay. the the only thing I did note was it doesn't have to necessarily be an action movie. I didn't want this to be a list of action movies per se, just action right. sequences, which obviously an action sequence can come in any kind of movie. So I think Charles well, and I have at least three crossovers, is my guess. Okay. But- I'm we'll very see. curious. I have an idea of maybe one or two, but yeah, I'll be curious to see how many crossovers I have. I think are. almost Drew, Drew and I are kind of a high like mind. Yeah, like we, we like been... we we end up like we didn't know we were going to have the same. We we revealed to each other our rankings of our favorite Mission Impossible movies on the show many years ago on our show. And when we did that, we were very surprised to find that we had identical rankings of the Mission movies. And then that held even after the new movie came out. We ended up ranking the new one in the same exact spot. So, yeah, Drew and I have kind of a hive mind. About yeah, that. Um, well, yeah, Chris uh... is really impressed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I want to talk about what we have to define what an action sequence yeah. is, though, right? This was something that happened for me when I started to do this. I would start to think of a scene and I'd be like, well, is this an action sequence? Does this count? Because sometimes I would start to think of something like, for instance, like the Langley sequence in the first mission, which obviously I discounted all mission movies. But that to me is like that seems like a suspense sequence, not an action sequence. That's then there's fair. certain certain Jackie Chan sequences that I was considering. And I was like, eh, that feels like a fight sequence. Not an action. I sequence. consider fight sequence action sequences, See, depending on how it's done. I mean, you, you can yeah. have like they live, which is one thing, and then you can have like Phantom Menace, which is a whole other thing. Yeah, I mean, in my but, mind, I started to delineate like certain Jackie Chan sequences from each other. Yeah, like certain movies that he did that felt like action, and other ones felt like fights. Drew was shaking his head; he can't stand this conversation right now. I think it's Getting anything a real where odd someone is. Someone is attacked. Someone is chased. Someone is pursued. Okay. Someone. Well, I excluded fight sequences. What I defined as fight sequences, because I felt like it didn't quite qualify. When, especially when it's like a kung fu movie or something, that to me felt like that shouldn't be considered an action. Yeah. Yeah. This is all valid, by the way. Uh, Okay. Sure. We can make up the rules as we go. I know. We make it up as we go. I was very broad in my assessment, and you'll see how I how I kind of lay it out, but. you know, okay. for for instance, I had thought about the Untouchables Union Station scene, which isn't really action, right? It's more suspense, but like I toyed with the idea of including that. Yes, so. me too. And I also kind of had the same feeling that eh, I think De Palma's more suspense. Yeah, and so I that felt like no, this is a big one for me. Like heist sequences, like or like this was the one that I really considered putting on my list was the finale of the Thomas Crown Affair remake that John mm-hmm. McTiernan did. Mm-hmm. And I ultimately was like, I don't think that's an action sequence. I don't, it's something about it. I don't know what it is, but it doesn't feel like an action sequence. That's to true. Me. That's true. 
Well, you know, know what? Let's just argue about it as we go. Okay, let's, sorry. Let's, let's just stop. dive. No, it's fine. No, I, this is all great. I mean, look, this isn't this. We're not going to hang Drew this podcast in the loop into the back of his head. <laughs> I have my spirit has left my body and is several blocks away. This is what he has to deal with all the time. <laughs> the neurosis overload, the decision. What is it? Analysis paralysis. Yes, that is yes. Yeah, I fully understand it. All right, well, well let's uh, kick. You're gonna C- give us your first one, Chris. Well, CDK. Let's start with Charles. Okay. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. All number right. ten. Starting us off. So my number ten. Um. Oof. This is like a last minute choice I've got to make. I'm gonna go with uh, the finale of Mad Max Fury Road. Well done. So that's that's my number ten. The finale, though, I, you know, specifically. Yeah, I, I don't even finale... know what does the finale mean. The whole thing is a chase. What I know. It's a, I mean, I don't even know. You could pick the whole movie almost, but I think it's you know when they're racing back to get to uh, whatever the original place is called. They, they they made it to the green place at the second act break, and then that's not green, and so now they have to go back, and now they decide to go back. And then when they go back, then they're getting assaulted by everybody on all sides, and the guys are coming on those like rods that are attached to the trucks, and they're mm-hmm, pulling mm-hmm. people off and stuff. That that whole sequence to me was. Uh, worthy of being on this list uh, and i started mm-hmm. i started to think about directors in general and was kind of like i wanted to do i don't want to like do too many from one director and i was like i think george miller kind of needs to be represented on this list so that's where i yeah. came in it's on my list the movie but uh later on and not that sequence I, okay. not that i just said the first half of the movie basically like the you know once they go off you know that yes. whole chunk uh, up until the midpoint was was the one I went with later on. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's like the whole I love that sequence, sequence too. Totally, completely could see it could go that way too. I think I'm less inclined to that one just because of the storm stuff, which is fun, but I just think it's better when it's all just yeah. the trucks and the cars and the finale. Yeah, Drew, what you got? Not on, not on my list. Fury Road was not on, did not even register. Right. I don't know. I, I, I went kind of weirder, I think, in some of my choices, but. I the first that. thing on my list that I wrote down, which I'm sure is on Charles's list, although maybe not with his weird <laughs> delineations here, but the the mall showdown at the end of Police Story, the very first Police oh, Story, very good, including we'll the the rod, the rod uh, slide. Yeah, Charles, if it's on your we'll list, see. you should talk about it right now. I mean, like, come on. Well, I've got to know. I've got my ranked order, so I got to, I got to, I got to hold off if it's going to be on my list. We'll see. Drew, <laughs> Chris you just told us you about talk his, about it, Drew. It's his, okay his... to throw it in there if it's going to be on there. Yes, please, Charles. Where, where Unless is it's it number one list? or something? I is mean, it number one? Like, it is uh, number, number one. one. It is my number one. Yes. <laughs> <I knew. laughs> well, I'll see you guys next week. This has it been a fantastic episode. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> yes, it is absolutely. Well, I'll, I'll, we'll, we'll hold and let you talk about. Well, I listen here. I I am not the Jackie Chan scholar. I am but a but a mere kind of uh, protege of Charles's. So I feel like Charles needs to to discuss what makes this so special. I I just recently rewatched the movie with my wife, and I was like totally blown away by how awesome the whole movie is. But that that whole sequence is just absolutely insane. And uh, Charles, why don't you give us some give us some facts? <laughs> give us some intel. Well, uh, I mean. I guess yeah. I guess we'll talk about it now. Sure, it's my number one. Um, yeah, I mean we, they, we can they, hold they, off. We can hold off until the, it's it's proper place in the. Uh, yeah. Your, okay. On, on, oh, wait. On your... Oh God Almighty! Okay. <laughs> it's my if grand anybody... finale. I feel like I gotta okay. wait. You gotta build this up. Wait. This way. This way. Yeah. This way. Okay. Keep going. Let's keep rolling. We'll keep, we'll keep, keep going. going. So is, uh, is, is, keep it going. My number ten 
uh, is a Mission Impossible movie. Okay. Um, yes. Uh, f- so first of all, if you had included a Mission Impossible, uh, what's the one sequence from which movie? I think the one. Made? I think we both would say the one. If we had to only choose one sequence, it would be the Burj. The yeah. is that what you chose? That's my number ten. That yeah. That, oh. It's my that's my my favorite Mission Impossible movie. Uh, it's to me, it's it's not. There's so much going on in that movie. It's the fullest Mission Impossible movie to me. I feel like, you know, by the time they get to the big explosion, like wherever it is, 30 minutes into it, like so much has already happened and so much is still going to happen. And this set piece, it's not just like a linear set piece either. It has so many levels to it. There's like great humor built into it. It's not dependent on like one piece of action. You know, there's a couple of movements within it. And, yeah. uh, you know, it's not just like one stunt. It's it's a stunt with like multiple layers and, you know, the glove malfunctions, the rope bit at the end, just barely making it into that window. I mean, it's like harrowing. And I, to, it's, I love that movie so much. That's my favorite Mission Impossible. So that's my number respectable. Two. respectable. We need to have you on the show, but should we should we ask what your rankings are? I would come up with them. Yes, I would do that for okay. you. OK, OK, well, we'll have to come we'll back it. to that then. Yeah. All righty. <laughs> Look at us networking. <laughs> Love it. All right, Charles, number nine. Oh, my number nine is okay. So I've got to pick one. It could have been either scene from Terminator 2, but I'm going to go with the canal chase, not the freeway chase at the end with the helicopter. I'll go with the canal chase, starting with the mall and then the motorcycle, the truck, and the and then like the, you know, L.A. River, whatever that is in, in L.A., the, the, that canal that they chased through in Terminator 2. Wait, what is, was the what was the other one that you were thinking of including? The freeway chase at the end with the, the helicopter. The end, yeah. Oh, I yeah, see. Yeah. I almost had the Cyberdyne assault. Which oh, starts that, with that. I mean that too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, you know, I just felt like James, again, it was like, I felt like James Cameron needed to be represented on this list. And to me, my mind, I kept going back to Terminator 2 and how iconic that sequence is. That one particular with, with you know, it's like Arnold's stunt double, but when he is, when the motorcycle drives off the thing and then lands in slow motion and he comes and saves the kid and yeah, it's just, it's incredible. When you see the liquid metal T-1000 come out of the fire to watch them as they go away, it's just, oh man, mm-hmm. it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew. Well, the next one that I wrote down is the uh, train chase from the Lone Ranger. Oh, that's good. As a sequence, it is one of my favorite sequences. Charles has heard me talk about the sequence endlessly. We just talked about it in relation to the great train chase from Dead Reckoning Part One. Um, yeah, I just think it's it's an amazing feat, and watching all the behind the scenes makes you really appreciate it even more how they did that for real and we're driving train cars on like flatbed trucks through mountains and all this stuff and uh yeah i just think it's it's absolutely wonderful the the work that ilm did in particular is really stunning Hans zimmer's great arrangement of the uh william tell overture it's just a yeah it's just a hell of a sequence yeah even if you don't like the movie it's it is wow it's amazing yeah i mean the craft on display gotta respect the filmmaking there it's yeah it's amazing yeah i was writing this like horror western at the time and there was a train sequence in it and i saw that movie and i just threw it away i was like okay <laughs> i'm not gonna top that there's no I topic mean, that. yeah it's never mind it's like all the yeah. budget is in that scene it's great that these two were chase scenes by the way because mine's a chase scene as well um you know car chases the, the, i'm gonna throw movies around by the way so if i mention something that's on your list just don't hint at it being on your list, I guess. But, you know, it goes back to like Bullet, right? Bullet car cha- changed car chases forever. Then the French Connection. 
there's great ones throughout the 90s. Lethal Weapon 3 had a great one. Uh, Jan DeBont shot that film. Uh, so shout out to our, our guy. Matrix Reloaded, Dark Knight, Dead Reckoning Part 1 has a great car chase. Uh, I went with, in my opinion, the car chase against which all car chases ought to be measured. The Paris car chase from John Frankenheimer's Ronin. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Uh, this is, it's seven minutes long and it's just thrilling. Uh, it's this pursuit, you know, Robert De Niro and Natasha McAlone driving. And again, like the previous one, it's not just some linear experience. I mean, there's multiple locations and environments to deal with. Uh, I think kind of the Dead Reckoning sequence owes a little something to it. I'm sure they were inspired by it. They, I know that Christopher McQuarrie has brought up Frankenheimer's The Train a lot. And mm -hmm. that's also a movie Jan talks about a lot. Um it's just it's the best car chase ever committed to film, in my opinion. So I had to go with it's that. It's really great. I love the amount of collateral damage with the people getting run over. That is what really sets those car chases in Ronin apart. <laughs> it's brutal. Innocent bystanders getting killed. Uh, I, yeah, I recently rewatched that movie and I thought it was like uh, it, it feels to me kind of like a lost classic. Uh, it's so good. You know, it, it's just so good. Yeah. And I wasn't a huge fan when I saw it in theaters. I was just like, eh. Me neither. And I, yeah, but rewatching it, I was so impressed. It's kind of a cold movie, especially when you see it when you're like 15 years old or whatever. You're kind of like, ah, I don't know. But then, uh, yeah, as I get older, I revisit that one. I'm like, oh, man, this is this is just wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're watching stuff like Executive Decision and Judge Dredd and, and you go yeah. on Ronin and you're like, okay. <laughs> Still but good. No, wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't pass up Judge Dredd or Executive <laughs> Decision. But... <laughs> So that's my number nine. How about you, uh, Charles, number eight? My number eight. Okay, so one thing also, before I get to my number eight, I realized actually, surprise, Police Story. I, I scroll down my list and I see Police Story is actually not number one. It's number two. So okay. just to keep, keep a little surprise. Okay. Yeah, a little suspense for oh, what my number cares, one Nobody cares, Charles. Nobody cares. <laughs> keep going. <laughs> my number eight. Now, this is a weird one. I just kept coming back to it in my head and I was like, I just can't let it go. Um, It's... I call it the revenge tour in Tombstone. So there's oh. a part after, if I don't, I guess I don't want to spoil it, people who haven't seen it, but there's a reason why. Oh, fuck them if they haven't uh, seen it yet. <laughs> Kurt Russell uh, and you know the wife, the Earp family, he and his brother, his surviving brother, they're about to leave with their wives on the train, and then the bad guys come to go kill him, and then there's a surprise. Kurt Russell's there waiting for him. And he has these amazing lines of dialogue where he's like, you called down the thunder, now you got it. And he starts like, giving them this big speech. And he's he's like, you tell him I'm coming and hell's coming with me. Hell's so coming good. with me. And then it just goes into this incredible montage of well, was, that's what I called the revenge tour of him going and getting revenge against the uh, the, the cowboys, the red sash cat wearing cowboys. And uh, it's them just like these amazing shots of them, like long lens with like, it's super hot on the horizon, the horses going through and then them just shooting people left and right. And just like the music with these amazing timpani, like really heavy drum stuff. It's just like gets me. And then, it, and then it culminates with this showdown at the river with powers booth, where then Wyatt Earp kind of like it pulls this miraculous move somehow doesn't get killed and, and goes and shoots powers booth. And, and then it ends with that amazing line from Val Kilmer where they're like, wait, where's Wyatt? And he's like, oh, he's down by the creek walking on water. 
<laughs> it's so good. That se- just that sequence to me is just like I couldn't I couldn't shake it. I was like, I think this counts as an action sequence. It's just the it's amazing. It just gets my blood pumping. I love it so much. Definitely. DP was William Fraker, by the way, talking about those shots. That's Great right. DP. Um and uh yeah, and it was directed by George P. Cosmatos, or maybe ghost directed by Kurt Russell, as he has claimed. I don't know. I didn't realize that. Has he said that? He has said yeah, that. Yes. And he uh. says that he has like a longer version of the movie that he could put together with like film reels in his garage or something. And we'll do we're it. All, we're all waiting for him to do that. I can buy that, by the way. I mean, the guy went from what? Rambo t- to two, right? He did two. No, yeah. sorry. He did two, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, he's pa- apparently modern... was very apparently he was very old at the time, and yeah, so yeah. Kurt Russell was kind of doing all the shot listing and, and making it all happen. Apparently, that's the story that's been told. Hmm. No spoilers for thirty year old movies. If you haven't seen it, go see Tombstone for Christ's sake. <laughs> all right, uh, Drew. Well, I did another chase sequence um, from a movie that I doubt maybe neither of you have seen or have seen, but did not make your list, which is the subway chase from Diva. The 1981 mm. Jean Jacques Binet movie um, that involves a kind of a, a motorbike and a subway, and it's very very cool. Um, and yeah, if you've never seen this movie, it is absolutely wild and uh, very much worth putting on your list. Charles has not seen I it. Does not I know what not I'm talking it. about. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. I gotta watch uh, it. I will watch yeah, it. Yeah, it's really really great. Um, Chris, yeah, I know, do you remember I know, the sequence? I, I know the movie you're talking about. I've never seen it though. Yeah. Uh, someone brought it up in an interview recently. Uh, Paul Osterberry, the uh, the uh, production designer for Shape of Water. I was talking to him about the Flash, and he uh, it's one of his favorite movies. So, uh, but I've never seen it. I didn't realize it had an action scene in it, frankly. So. Yeah, it is a it is a great sequence and uh, very inventive, and I think maybe influenced Bong Joon Ho's Okja uh, subterranean chase with the the pig. I love that Interesting. sequence, which also nearly made my list. Um, so, yeah. The Subway Chase in Diva, 1981. Watch it. Look, we're highbrow around here. We're highbrow. We are very high. Yeah, I wanted to throw a little what the French would call a certain I don't know what. <laughs> Mike Myers. Je ne sais pas. Um, I've got an international film at number eight, too. A uh, little out of the blue here. A film from last year. Oh. Uh, you know, single takes are mm. a thing where you can certainly couch a lot of action in. Uh, Alfonso Cuaron's done it a couple of times. Children of Men, that great driving gunfight sequence. Gravity, the opening. Uh, uh, there's a number of sequences in Gravity, but that one in particular. I went with Athena. Romain Gavras, the opening shot, which it's multiple shots stitched together. But that opening sequence uh, that but really I think the just... opening shot was real and it was like 11 minutes long or something. There had to have been some kind of stitching. No, in Bilga there. did this whole. Did Bilga thing get into it? Okay, it. I'll yeah, trust Bilga. Yeah. He was he was actually just talking to us about how he how much he loves that movie. But yeah, sorry, it's, I did not mean to interrupt. It's mind no. blowing. That's that that sequence, that shot. Yeah, incredible. It's it's just. I mean, it's to me. I, I've said this before. I've tweeted it. I've xed it. Whatever we say now, it is the greatest opening shot of all time for me. Um, just. A riveting moment in contemporary movies left my jaw on the ground and got me so hype for the rest of the movie. And uh, I just I felt like I had to include it on this list. So there we go. Athena. Great, great, uh, great choice. Yeah. Yeah. Charles. Well, I'll seven. keep it. I'll keep it international with my number seven. Uh, I'm going to go. I felt like. 
yeah, this was this just had to be on my list. Uh, there was just no. Uh, it was just a matter of where. The uh, I'm hoping maybe it's on someone else's list, but the hospital sequence in bro, hard, hard bro. boiled. We are there together. I was yes. that's literally next yes. on my list. All hospital right. shootout, hard boiled. Let's the talk best. about it. Which, speaking of long takes, also that one. I mean, you feel the influence on the John Wick movies with this sequence in particular. Yes, no doubt. Because there's that great long take that goes. It goes in the elevator, right, and goes under another yeah. floor. Like, it's yeah, just they amazing. take they take like a breather and they're talking for a bit, and then they keep going. Yeah, and uh, he also does this interesting like slow. You could tell the the. It feels like all of Zack Snyder's filmography was born in this one part where they're walking through the hall and it slows down sort of before picking back up. Yes. But, We're doing uh, an action list. Like you got to have John Woo represented. Just yeah. had to be. Had to yeah. be. And it's like, I think the killer is a better movie, but this sequence to me is just the sequence that had to be included. Agreed. It's so over the top. I mean, yes. the the wig in which guys Deli- are blown delightfully away. Delightfully over the top. Yes. I, 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 I'm not a John Woo guy. Um, and and so I went back and looked at it again, actually, for this, just in case, because I do have a shootout on my list because uh, there's a whole genre of shootouts. Uh, but if, totally fair. I figured somebody would bring it up. So you said, Drew, so that's on your that list. Was the too. Exact, that, okay. Yeah, that was the exact one that was on my list. Yeah. I mean, the choreography that this must have taken because there's definitely like people on wires. There's, you know, hundreds of squibs going off. There's blood packs. There's, you know things exploding it's just such a it's a wonderful kind of like symphony of violence and in, in, yes. in a way that only john woo could conduct i wanted to I use think. the same word symphony yep absolutely yep. Yep. <laughs> the, most pow- the most powerful shotguns of all time yes uh, apparently. blowing yes. people through doors and shooting people through exactly. windows and somehow they come forward yes exactly. i mean you to. know that kind of stuff yep. it's the john woo logic yeah well my number logic. seven let's just say logic is boring so yep Love fair it. enough. Fair <laughs> enough. Certainly with this list. Um, my number seven. Okay, let's talk about Steven Spielberg, folks. Uh, yeah. You could probably manifest a list of Spielberg set pieces quite easily. There's everything from Raiders and Indy and the Idol, Saving Private Ryan, Normandy Invasion, which I feel I should have included Saving Private Ryan on here. I didn't. Ultimately, I didn't want to have two from him on here. But I decided to choose the scene that Dead Reckoning ripped off. Um, Sorry. Uh, the Lost World, Jurassic Park, the RV cliff sequence with the T-Rexes, I think is, and I, this is a limb. I understand I'm climbing out onto a limb, but I think that this scene in this totally lesser than movie, I mean, I, there's a lot I love about the movie, but I, I don't, I don't think it's like, you know, there's a lot of problems. This is the greatest action set piece. I think that Spielberg ever conceived and directed, uh, you know, someone joked that he made the movie just so he can make the sequence. And you can almost see that. I mean, it totally takes your breath away and there's so many levels to it. It goes on for an unusual amount of time and there's always something, something new happening, which is what's going on in Dead Reckoning. I, you know, once you get to the point where like the, the uh, hot oil is dripping down, there's just always some new like thing that's making you cringe. And uh, you got Vince Vaughn and Julianne Moore and Jeff Goldblum are inside hanging on for dear life. You've got speed star Richard Schiff on the outside uh, trying to save them with the Jeep wench and everything. And I just said, screw it. I'm going, you know, fairly mid list on this. And I, I just saw the movie again recently. I was watching it with my kid. He's wanting to watch all the Jurassic movies. And that sequence just keeps your heart in your throat the whole time. It's dope. So 
I disagree because I, and I think that the the crucial error to that sequence is that they cut outside of the van too much. They have the rich, that's Richard what keeps Schiff the tension the, going. See, I, I think it, I think it dilutes the to me. That's like the end of Return of the Jedi versus the end of the first Star Wars, where the because the they keep cutting away from the, the fight. First, yeah, that there's like just too many. There's what there's Julianne Moore and and Vince Vaughn, you know, on top of the the van. Then there's Richard Schiff with the little RV or whatever the SUV trying to to wench it into place. And yeah, I mean, I think I think it wears out its welcome. I, I would love to know, Charles. Do you have a you have a vote? You want to decide on this one? I would I would agree with you, Drew. Not on the specifics, but I agree with you that it does it wears out its welcome. It's kind of the problem with Lost World in general is that every sequence goes on too long, and then it becomes exhausting. And uh, yeah, that I'm seething. <laughs> I think you know. I think if they had some strategic edits, I don't know where exactly they would need to happen, but it, it just goes on for too long. And that's something that I think the Dead Reckoning sequence actually does a really good job of is that it's never exhausting. And you can even sense it when you watch it. You're like, oh, they just cut the past this. You can tell there's more, more to that sequence that they cut out to keep the pace going. Whereas mm-hmm. Lost World does not do that. It gives you every last bit of everything. And I think it goes on too long. But I will say the sequence is still remarkable i mean it's amazing the the glass splitting underneath julianne moore yeah you know the suspense of that section is is incredible and it's 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 amazing and two t-rexes is just obviously so fun to watch yeah um you know it, it, even at the beginning of the sequence and at the end of the sequence you, know, you see their the, them come in the windows on either side i mean it's just it's an amazing sequence it's still amazing i just it, it wouldn't make my top 10 and i think it, it does out where it's i guess i just feel like it doesn't chafe because every new thing is a new thing. It's like everything progresses it. He tries to get the winch there. Oh, he's not close enough. You know, just every little thing feels like it's a progression as opposed to just spinning its tires in one spot. You know, it's, it's a progression, but you look, you guys feel free to let Steven Spielberg know how to make a movie. We um, will. Yeah, we, will we got. We it. have some notes. We have some notes. I, have just notes. Think, we were, yeah. I think Spielberg. That wasn't one that he had his heart in. I'll just. That's. I think he's even kind of admitted that he has. But that he. he I think he put a lot into that sequence, and it kicks ass. It I also mean, has a great one of my favorite John Williams cues ever, yes. which is when the two dinosaurs come out of the jungle, and it's like kind of like bongo-y. You were totally. Cue. It's so good. Yeah. It's like ah. Uh, I still rules. love that movie. I mean, I I prefer that to the the later sequels for sure. Yeah, I still revisit it quite a bit. Well, the shot of the raptors coming in is still good stuff, you know, yeah. from above with the tall grass. But they did those raptors dirty after that. They, they did. made them so Comedic. dumb. They made yeah. them Ugh. so dumb. It was like, what happened? These things were so smart. And let's make movie. them Chris Pratt's buddies. <laughs> yeah. Yes. All right. Uh, where are we? Numbers. Well, you don't rank yours. I don't even know. Uh, yeah, my, wait, no, Charles does. Number six. We're on number, number six. six. Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is. I'm gonna go with the chase after the bank robbery in Point Break. The foot chase mm. and some fighting as well. Keanu, good Reeves, choice, Charles. Patrick Swayze. I went back and watched this again because I was like, maybe should I include this? And then when I watched it, I was like, oh my god, this is so fucking amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna include this for sure. I also felt like Catherine Bigelow probably needed to be represented on this list. So I, I, that's, that's my pick. I think it's uh, amazing. And 
uh i think it's so influential just those shots those handheld shots following the two of them through all those like tight backyards and in the back in people's homes and things like that it's just amazing super super born ish yeah with with the way they shoot that yeah great choice charles thank you yeah, yeah i i i would have thought about uh or i did think about the certainly the skydive pursuit uh is a good one in point break had a nice little argument with Alex Papademus about all of this because uh, I, I was trying to maintain the position that Point Break isn't an action movie uh, <laughs> in the same way that I think movies like, you know, Heat aren't action movies. Um, but uh, that could certainly be just because I'm Mr. Speed. I could, I could see that. So what is it? Is it more of a crime drama, you would say, then or something? Or what do you call it then? I don't know. Um, I just Bank there's just that weird. Movies? There's that middle ground, you know, where it's kind of like. In Blockbuster, they stuck it in the action section, but right. I don't know. You know what I mean? Well, either way, this is an action sequence, I would argue. No doubt. No doubt. So, what I, but I, I can see what you mean it. about, I totally know what you mean about Heat and uh, and Point Break, not quite being the same as something like Speed, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, I'm going to just, I'm just going to give it up to our fallen hero, William Friedkin, right now. There were two sequences that I was really debating, you know, pro or con, but my heart just belongs to Sorcerer and uh, the truck going over the bridge. Very good. Um, what a what an amazing just lump in your throat moment. The the way that they captured it too, between miniatures and real live things and actually blowing up trees and being down there in the jungle. I mean, just amazing. Um and just uh, you know, it was between this and and obviously the the backwards car chase from to live and die in LA, which I think is like another masterpiece of a kind of action cinema. But this one, there's just something so visceral about this one. And I just love it to death. And so that is, that is my choice. That came close for me. I looked at it again last night, even uh, just the sequence, uh, you know, when the guy falls through the bridge and you're like, Oh my God. And just, it, there's just different little levels to it um, with the second, uh, jeep there i guess but yeah that's an incredible what a movie too. Just, that, movie. yeah that movie's that movie's yeah. a masterpiece yeah it's yeah. it's yeah. really uh unbelievable and yeah i guess for me that sequence didn't register for me because i thought of it as suspense more so than action for some reason so i didn't I know but i mean just the i don't know the detonation of the tree and i mean the multiple cars and yeah i, I don't know i i thought it 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 pushed it over the edge it's really muscular filmmaking whatever it is and yes so, yes i'm glad it's in here Me my too. number six is uh you know superhero movies are all set pieces nowadays uh we're sort of numb to it but i go back to this one a lot because i just think it's constructed so well and it still holds up in superman the movie and that's the helicopter sequence oh yeah that's great when you know superman superman first reveals himself to everyone and lois is up there on the roof of the daily planet getting in the helicopter and the helicopter starts to crash and you know he he rescues it it's just again the way it's constructed it's certainly wildly practical and there's this handmade quality to it and you go back and look at it now and it still holds up i mean they they did a riff on it in superman returns with the airplane and stuff but like this is a good one man and I, and i think of there's a, again there's a, there's some good ones in superhero movies pre-saturation even there's like uh the spider-man 2 train sequence is great the uh i, I consider that I, I i that was almost my number 10 was the train spider-man so 2 good. yeah and so and great. i i love the x2 uh nightcrawler intro uh, yeah that's, I, that's a great. phenomenal sequence but i just went with this one because i think it's sort of 
again, that handmade quality that still holds up is near and dear to me. So I went. You can tell this is a podcast being produced by three white men in their forties. When you bring up Superman the movie, and we all go, "Hmm." That's how you know. (laughs) Yes. That movie really is special, and I think it's wonderful. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. We're halfway there. Number five. Okay. Number five. I, so I decided now this is, I decided to do one Spielberg, and I was deciding between, I think I, I just have to go with the truck, the truck sequence in Raiders of the Lost Ark. It's just, hmm. it's just, the so when I, when I, yeah, the chase, when I went back and watched it, um, before the new Indiana Jones movie came out, I was just so blown away all over again by the truck sequence. I did consider the tank sequence. I know Drew knows, and he, he's he's a little wary of my my uh, love for the Last Crusade, but I do I think that the tank sequence in Last Crusade is pretty close behind and is really incredible. Indy on the horse and then getting onto the tank and the treads of the tank and the fight. That whole sequence is really great. But I had to go with the the OG, the truck sequence. Because I feel like also something that we have, we're not doing a lot of, there's not a lot of action movies that really happened before this movie. I feel like this movie kind of birthed what is now the action genre. Mm-hmm. I don't really know if there really was an action genre before this. Like, I feel like there were adventure movies and there were crime movies. And I don't know if there really was action movies until the 80s. And this is kind of what kicked it all off. And so, yeah, just wanted to, Fair enough. And you, don't, and you don't go with the idle sequence. You don't go with the no. What, what I, many people I went with might the truck. With. The truck. Yeah. It's just too. There's just the the levels of it. The layer. Like, yeah, just so much. It's just yeah. I Very I good. love that opening sequence, of course. But I just uh, yeah. The the truck is just it's it's too 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 great to deny. And whatever grief he gives you about uh, Last Crusade, I'm the guy that loves Temple of Doom above all. So here wow, we are. Okay, look at the three of us here. Yeah. There's one for it's each there. of us. There because there are only three movies. Yes, there <laughs> are. True. They there didn't are make only. any more. <laughs> yes. Just as just as they never made more than one speed. Yes, exactly. All right, Drew. Oh my god. All right. Well, since everybody's already talked about their Spielberg movie, I'm gonna talk about my Spielberg movie and my Spielberg sequence, which is the big raid in 1941, which includes the <laughs> Fer- Ferris wheel coming off its hinges. Oh okay. This is a movie that <laughs> my wife wanted to kill me uh, after watching it and i then that's when i told her but there's a longer one we could watch a longer version which she just promptly shut down um i love 19 that was the last time you ever saw her yes that's the last time we made love was that night and uh yeah the night that before actually yeah the night before exactly <laughs> no i i love 1941 i think it is such a specific kind of tone i mean maybe zemecca should have directed it I don't know, but he would never have been able to orchestrate the madness of 1941 the way that Spielberg does. Um, and that sequence where the the zeros are actually firing and and all of that is actually is just sort of the peak of the lunacy and derangement of this movie. And just, you know, there's so the the, the gags in this movie are so big that house falling down the hill and all that stuff. I mean, it's just colossal. And uh yeah, it's proof like, that an uh, action sequence can be in a comedy too, right? It it's like here, honey, look what money can buy. Yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> I I've tried. I've given this movie a few chances over the over the years, and recently I tried to visit. I just still can't get on board with this movie. But I will say that these some of these sequences are really 
awe-inspired. They're, they're just uh, jaw-dropping. Like that's the model work is yes, stupendous. It's amazing. So yeah, I can Overseen see why by, you put it by here. Joe Johnson. Yeah, it's it's pretty yes. unbelievable. And yeah. speaking of Zemeckis too, I really wanted to get a, a Zemeckis movie on my list, and I never got one. But he obviously is a great writer and director of action in, in his own right as well. Yeah. My number five, going to the shootouts of uh, what we were talking about, Hard Boiled. Uh, the Matrix obviously has a great lobby shootout there at the end. John Wick movies are packed with great shootouts. I particularly love the chapter two, the common uh, shootout with the silencers is kind of great. So good. But, but uh, I'm going with all 12 minutes and 18 seconds of Bank Heist and Shootout from Heat. Nice. That this was, to I, me, I, I considered that on my list as well. Yeah, I, I guess I could see how some people might we could get into the debate about action sequences with this. But to me, it's a it's an action sequence from the moment De Niro enters the bank to the moment Sizemore is shot. Twelve minutes, 18 seconds. I timed it today because I was curious. But it's so awesome. I mean, the the blocking and layout of the action, the sound, uh, you know, when he laid all that out with blueprints and whatnot, he called it World World War Three in this giant spread with like a map. And it just the meticulous nature of Michael Mann, my favorite filmmaker to pull that off he shot it right up the street here downtown la uh it's just an awesome awesome sequence and the best shootout i've ever seen so yeah i'm i'm realizing now that not only so i i I think i feel okay with not including that but now i'm not feeling okay with i realize now i should have included the finale of last the mohicans as one of my sequences i thought about that too that is really such an incredible and i would consider that to be an action sequence um, yeah, it's hard with bank robberies, but yeah, I guess they really are action sequences. So, have you seen yeah. Ambulance, Charles? Oh gosh, I love Ambulance. Drew's there rolling his eyes for everybody out there. Anybody who doesn't know us, I talk about Ambulance too much, according to Drew. It is great. It is a great, but that is an action movie. That is a that is a high no doubt. You can I mean, say it's, the it's, whole movie. It's just it's just oh, yeah. one action sequence. <laughs> oh yeah, it's like Speed meets Heat. Uh, yeah, it's it's so good. So that's my number five. Uh, on to our fours. Okay, number four. So I also, Drew, considered yeah. to live and die in L.A. Because I did feel like I wanted to have a Friedkin in here. And really what it came down to was, but I was not considering Sorcerer. I was considering the French Connection, Chase. Obviously, sure. And I, I went with the French Connection over to live and die in L.A. The Going backwards on the, you know, going the wrong way on the freeway and, and to live and die in L.A., which is so incredible. Uh, but I landed on the french connection because i just think it's kind of i wanted to go with the og i just wanted to go with uh the yeah the intent talking about like doing it for real and you know <laughs> i think what freaking has said in recent years is that, like you know obviously he's passed away now rest in peace freaking but he had said in recent years that like he's surprised nobody got hurt nobody got killed while they were making <laughs> some of these sequences um and uh, in that one in particular and it's just you know they're just it's just a, a mind blowing, heart pumping, incredible car chase to end all car chases. I guess it's only one car one, to start not, not, all car chases. And yes, to start all car. Yeah, <laughs> like that it was bullet. after it was after bullet, right? Yeah. Bullet was 68, um, I think. But uh, but it's yeah, I just French connection. Had to say and argue. That's How about you, four. Drew? Well, I wanted to make sure animation was represented in this list. I was um, waiting for it. I'm surprised. Yeah. That, okay, it took this long. Go so I, I I chose I chose the battle for Metroville in The Incredibles. Uh, nice. 
I almost did the kind of defense of the island with Dash and him running on the water because I think that's one of the most purely joyous moments in cinema. But the battle for Metroville, you get to see the whole family working together in this really joyous, wonderful way and all of their powers. And to me, it's better choreographed and better, you know, laid out than I would say maybe every modern superhero movie. And this was made sort of before the dawn of the MCU and I just think it's just, it's brilliant. It's characterization through action. It's humor. It's all those things that we want out of action sequences. And yeah, it's just great. And it's it's a, it's a sequence that, even though the technology has gotten so far beyond that in the years since, it still, you know, maintains that kind of elemental power. And uh, I would argue better than anything, even in The, the Incredibles too. So uh, yeah, I just love that sequence so much. Brad Bird shows up again. Yeah, I will yeah, say he's, that he's he's a talented guy. Yeah, I considered this sequence true, I, but I, I knew I knew you were going to bring some animation to this, and 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 uh, yeah, I, I can I also considered Ratatouille, and when Remy is uh, escaping with the will through Paris, yep. and uh, yeah, um, Ian Holm, what's Ian Holmes' character's name? The uh, the sh- the oh, chef. Yeah. he's he's chasing after him and on the moped or whatever. That that sequence I also considered because I I did feel like oh, this should Brad Bird be on this list for me? Because yeah, he is as we've seen now twice on this list between the two of you. Yeah, the best. Uh, number four for me, uh, getting to fights. Remember when MTV used to have the MTV, or maybe they still do, best fight? Oh, yeah. The, the they they just fight. used to pick great music with the little clip. Yeah. Too. Well, there's so many great fights. Uh, I guess Charles has excluded fights largely, right? Uh, but I went through a number of them. There's Empire Strikes Back, Luke versus Darth vader there's uh you know sticking with star wars phantom menace old boy the raid they live inception has a great the hallway fight sequence you know stuff like that i settled on this thing that i just think is hugely iconic for me i went with ripley and the power loader versus the alien queen and queen in aliens in queens yes no, in queens in that's our favorite movie queens <laughs> yes uh my God, uh, it, it, it this is the mother of all fights. I mean, it starts out with that badass line of dialogue and just proceeds to completely upend your expectation. Like what you don't see this coming in this movie. Uh, and, and it's just a ballsy thing to shoot. Like it could have been so silly and maybe it is. I don't know, but it's certainly epic and just, again, iconic and just part of the fabric of contemporary movie making. So, yeah, I think James Cameron, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, good filmmaker <laughs> i think we can all agree pretty good solid yeah goodish yeah yeah it's a hot maybe take. good okay. good uh, leaning yeah. pretty good yes yeah yes yeah i yeah. would I, th- I would say that's an action sequence for me my my definition of my brain is very weird and we've uh, established amorphous. It's a, yeah <laughs> but i feel like if it's if it's like two humans hand to hand mostly a hand to hand fight then i feel like that's a fight sequence that i that didn't quite f- feel right to me but if it's a She's at a power loader. She's battling a giant alien. That feels more like an action sequence. It's a whole other thing. It's yeah. not like they're doing kung fu. Mm. But they that would have been. been interesting. <laughs> so yeah, aliens for me. Okay, number three. My number three. I think this is an action sequence. I just this is what when I when I started when you sent this email and I was like, okay, I have to come up with ten action sequences. What is it? This is the first thing that came to mind. It's one of my favorite scenes in movies ever. It probably could have been number one if it felt more like an action sequence. 
It's also so short, but it's just perfection to me. It is the elevator sequence in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Um, John McClane is trapped in the elevator with all these uh, security guards inside the bank, and he slowly starts to figure out that these are not who they think they're not who they say they are. He's in trouble, and then he, you know, uses a couple of lines of dialogue to confirm it, and then he shoots each of them one by one. It's this really chaotic, uh, claustrophobic, incredible sequence that has some suspense, but mostly just like brutal violent action in it and it is quick and it is just one of my favorite scenes in movies ever it's so great and mctiernan the way he i had to have john mctiernan on this list and it was a tough thing to figure out what to include but in the end i was like it's just it has to be this sequence I mean, obviously i could have picked something from die hard one um and maybe should have but i just love this sequence so much that i i had to do it and uh Pretty yeah high on the, the list to- too the way he shoots uh, McTiernan, I think, is just uh, he's a, one of the most underrated filmmakers of all time. And he really sh- tells the story visually. And this is the perfect example yeah. of that, of, of McLean figuring out the guy who's wearing the badge. It's it's actually his friend's badge number, which was set up earlier. It's not spelled out. It's all done visually. It's just fucking amazing. I just love it so much. Big fan of that movie. Could have done the uh, surfing on the truck, Charles, but yeah. <laughs> that would have been a more controversial choice. That's when a lot of <laughs> some people feel like that movie jumps the shark at that point. <laughs> the shark has been jumped well before that moment. <laughs> the whole movie is a glorious shark jumping exercise. Oh, yeah. it's, it, it played as so a loop Beverly in the last year, and I went with a bunch of friends, and it was just the most amazing time. What a great summer movie. One of the best summer movies, one of the best New York City movies. It's just, I love that movie so much. Totally. Drew. Uh, another sequence from the summer of 2013. I am going to do the Hong Kong battle from Pacific Rim, which nice. is one of my favorite movies. And that is a sequence where new things are constantly being introduced. I still remember like a, just gasping when the, the monster had wings all of a sudden he kind of like you know his the wings went out there's like a you know shock of lightning behind him and yeah i mean i i just think this sequence is just so much fun and so viscerally entertaining and yeah that movie i think is is kind of a a masterpiece and uh so wanted to include it here and it's and it's the kind of sequence that only guillermo del toro could really bring to life with that much kind of fun and heart and and detail as well there's just it's just epic yeah i love it to death shout out to travis beecham we went to film school together so oh nice uh, travis wrote that movie it's have you read the script it's actually beautifully written uh no i never it, have please send it to me you, you should check it out i mean just yeah. the way he writes the action and it is not in the usual ways it's really good that's a wonderful yeah. sequence also the the like prologue is pretty remarkable too. I don't know if that counts as an action sequence, but like the, I think it's like the Golden Gate Bridge or whatever. And there's like yeah. cars falling everywhere. It's just like, oh my yeah. God, it's so great. Written by Ryan Johnson, I believe that prologue. Awesome. I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 Big, big scale in that movie. Big scale. Big scale. My number three, uh, I'll gloss over it. It's the Mad Max Fury Road. Uh, just again, like basically the first half of the movie. Um, you can use you could just say the whole movie. I mean, like Soderbergh said, I can't believe they're not still making that movie. Uh, it's 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 just <laughs> yeah. an insane, insane. What, a, movie. what an achievement! Yeah, yeah. What else is left to be said? I guess go read Kyle Buchanan's book. 
so on to our number twos. So uh, time to talk about police story. I will say that is really hard to pick one Jackie Chan sequence and also to differentiate between what I define as a fight sequence and an action sequence. But, you know, there's the bicycle and the bicycle sequence in Project Day. There's the wind tunnel in Operation Condor, the shark tank and first strike. There's so many fun, inventive action sequences that Jackie has done. So to pick one is really hard. And so the finale of police story to me didn't feel like, I know it's him fighting a lot of people hand to hand, but the, the fact that he uses so much of the environment and there's so many stunts involved as well, to me, it felt like it, it is an action sequence and it's, Definitely. You know, nickna- it's nicknamed glass story because they broke so much glass. <laughs> if you watch the sequence, you'll just be in shock by how much, how many times people get thrown through glass and it doesn't look like fake glass. It's like big shards of glass come out every time they get broken. And it is brutal. It is shocking. It's amazing. I mean, the fights that Jackie Chan and his stunt team do are so fast. And his st- shout out to all of his stunt team, like them just getting thrown down escalators and all kinds of crazy things. And then all of it culminating in, as Drew mentioned before, the slide down the pole. And what's so amazing about the slide down the pole, which is like, I don't know, three or four stories or maybe it could even be five. I don't know. But it's it's Jackie Chan jumping and sliding down a pole, getting like, I think it was like third degree burns on all of his hands because they had all these Christmas lights that he had to break on his way down. And they do that all. They show it from like three different angles all the way through because it's so impressive. And then the thing that's amazing about Jackie Chan is that not only does he do the stunt and in, in, and actually do it in the shop, but he also always does something else after the stunt. So it's not like he landed and it was like, oh, my God, take me to the hospital. Please help me bandage me. He's got third degree burns. He lands and then does a bit of acting. He gets he lands, runs around, goes over and chases and grabs the bad guy and, and acts the next moment, does the next beat beyond the stunt, which is just absolutely mind blowing. I just, uh, yeah, had to include police story as Drew had it on his list as well. Good stuff. Is that the what was so that's one we had crossover on, and uh, there was another one. Mad Max. Mad Max. Didn't you guys have another one? Oh, the hospital shootout. Hospital I'm shootout. Hard boiled. Yeah. All right, Drew. All right, I I I do have a Zemeckis sequence on my list, and it is the climax of the first Back to the Future. Him, you know, driving the car down and the lightning and everything with Doc and and all that. And I think it's a beautiful example of of what I love most about the way that Zemeckis constructs these action sequences, which is this this sense of complication and escalation. And it's something that I think Brad Bird does better than almost anybody else since Zemeckis. And I think this is a beautiful, you know, heart racing example of that Zemeckis ethos of you know, so many movies today, a guy needs to get something on the other side of the room and they just walk across the room and get it. Whereas, you know, Zemeckis would have a, a tree would fall and then there would be like, a, you know, a, an electrical outlet would be sparking and, you know, he'd have to do all these things. And I think that's the that's the the brilliance and beauty of this sequence and why it is so powerful to me. So, yeah, very good. I love Zemeckis. I would have loved to have included some. I also thought about the uh, tunnel. In Back to the Future 2. Yeah, they just he yeah, that and I thought about that that this sequence as well though. The the Could do the plane crash and flight. I thought about yeah. including flight. Yeah, that movie really sucks, but that sequence that is sequence pretty great. Is, yeah, pretty incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Zemeckis is one of the best for sure. Well, my number two is from Star Wars, and it's the trench run. 
uh, I just feel like on a craft level, there's so much going on to achieve this sequence, first and foremost. Uh, I, I just see it as the beginning of the modern movie era, too, in some ways. Uh, in some sense, it's like every post-1977 set piece we've talked about could be traced to this in the sense of certainly trying to capture the reaction, the feeling that you're trying to generate. It really just stems from what you feel in this scene. And uh, I mean, look, last year we had a trench run at the end of Top Gun Maverick. I mean, it's still part of the kind of, I don't know, pop culture uh, fabric. And it's just such a, I'm not a huge Star Wars guy. I mean, I just want to lay that out. I'm not like Mr. Star Wars, but uh, that sequence it deserves its flowers. So I, I ended up with it pretty high on the list. That's your number two? Yeah. Okay. That's pretty great. Yeah, I... Uh... I didn't think of Star Wars and I should have like that's that's a really great choice. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Number one. Let's get the suspense over with. All right. So my number one, um, I ooh, I had to pick I had to break a rule here. I decided to do a second choice of someone else who's already on my list, although he didn't direct this one. Uh, he just appears in it and uh, not only am I breaking the rule, I'm breaking my rule for number two and my number one. I'm doing another Jackie Chan movie. I'm doing the finale of Super Cop, which is Police mm -hmm. Story 3. Uh, this is directed by Stanley Tong. And this sequence, I think Quentin Tarantino has said that th this is what we should blast out into space for aliens to find, for them right. to be blown away by what human ingenuity can do or whatever. Um, and I completely agree. This is just the most incredible... I don't know what it is, 12, 15 minutes, whatever it is, maybe uh, at, at the at the end of this movie, Jackie Chan and Michelle Yeoh just wowing you. And I think part of what makes this sequence stand out amongst all the Jackie Chan sequences is Michelle Yeoh was pushing Jackie Chan to do things that he had. He wasn't going to do the helicopter thing where he jumps under the ladder, hanging mm -hmm. underneath the helicopter and flies around. But he only did that because Michelle Yeoh did the train jump where she jumps a motorcycle on top of the train. And Jackie was like, you got to stop one-upping me because you keep making, you're going to kill me if you keep doing this. And so, you know, she had already done the before. She also had the, the handstand on top of the van to avoid getting hit by a bus. And, you know, he's doing stuff on top of the train. Like, it's just... It's like all vehicles, it's all uh, so much action, and it's just the most mind-blowing climax of any action movie. It's it's absolutely incredible, and uh, that's my number one. Well, I feel bad for not having any Jackie Chan, but I think you made up for it uh, with your <laughs> double dip. Yep. All right, Drew. All right. Charles will say this is not an action sequence. It is it is very suspenseful, but guns are fired, which to me indicates this is an action sequence. This is our hero, our number one, Brian De Palma's beautiful Grand Central escape from Carlito's Way. Oh wow! And what yeah. a sequence! Maybe my number one sequence of any movie ever. It's just so so beautifully done, so well orchestrated, and to think. You know, we talk about on the Mission Impossible podcast how many things are kind of, you know, invented in the moment. To think that they were going to have this whole sequence take place at uh, in the Twin Towers uh, underneath those buildings. And because of the 90s terrorist attack, they couldn't do it. So they kind of invented this whole Grand Central Terminal shootout is just unbelievable. Um, I just love it. I think it's even better than the... Odessa steps from Untouchables. I think it's just um, 
so wonderful. And obviously having that kind of like tragic button at the end of the sequence really makes it even more powerful. So I think that I think this would be my one number one whatever is the Grand Central <laughs> number escape. one any scene ever. Yeah, any scene ever. Yeah, <laughs> made by mankind. Uh, yeah. yeah, respectable. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. De Palma, the master. S- yeah. Some some unexpected number ones. Uh, very good. I surprised myself with my number one because I, I it was going to be on the list, but I wasn't sure where, and it ended up at the top. Uh, I went with Die Hard, the Century City Siege, and the rooftop explosion. Yeah, uh, thank you. I was afraid neither of you were going to have any John McTiernan, and I was going to. Well, I, w- I was going to just say Die Hard. I was going to say Die Hard. Period, because the whole thing is kind of an action <laughs> right. sequence. But yeah, do a couple of them against the rules. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of anything more defining. Uh, you know, that shot of Willis leaping off of the roof with the explosion behind him. I mean, that is just seared into all of our memories, and it was the ultimate, just holy shit moment in a movie up to that point. And I think it paved the way for what nineties action would be. Uh, obviously the movie was shot by our buddy, Jan DeBont. He had yep. like something like 30, 25, 30 cameras going in that sequence. I mean, it's an incredible sequence. Yeah. And uh, it's one of my favorite things in the entire movie is when Willis is, is, you know, jumped off the roof. He's, he's back on the level where they had the parties going through that river thing Meanwhile, the helicopter is still exploding, still in the process of falling down and explodes yeah. right there next to him. And he goes, Jesus Christ, like just <laughs> what's going on around him. He cannot fathom the level of insanity. And that's yeah. what's going. That's the sequence to me. And like modern movie making, it's just like, here's what we can do now. And yeah. again, it just paved the way for an entire uh era of the action movie so well and it was funny chris because i don't think we were on the same tour but we did that tour that day of the building and to see how much of that building they actually used that was that is maybe one of the most amazing things that i've ever done as a journalist and it was like for the home video day of die hard it was so fucking cool they had like props and like bloody footprints and like the security guards were in on it and radio things yeah it was the most amazing thing and it was like a couple of, I mean, it was hours. It long was a long too. thing. Let yeah. me, let me lay, let me explain that a little better. Like, the, so the guy, I, I've got the guy's name still. Cause I was like, if I ever wanted to do this again, I want to hit you up. And he's like, I don't, I'll do it I on the sly kind of a I thing. I want to do it. But this guy is like the, the, uh, what is he like? The chief, whatever of Fox Plaza. Like he's just the chief engineer of the building or, or upkeep and just managing the, the facility. And this guy is so funny because he's convinced that building was built to be a prop in a movie because stuff doesn't make sense the way it's laid out. Like we were down in the the place where like <laughs> they've got the big cooling systems for the air conditioning. He's like, there's no reason for these units to be laid out the way they are. This looks cool, but you would normally just like stack them against a wall like this, but they're laid out in such a way that it makes great shots. He's like, I know they built this movie or this building to be in a movie. And he's just convinced because he would know because he's just like he knows about these buildings and these kinds of facilities. And he's just he's such a huge fan of the movie. And he he led this tour for journalists for the 30th anniversary a couple of years back. And uh, or was it wait, 30th, right? 88. Uh, yeah. Yeah. 2018. Yeah. This year's the 35th, right? Yeah. 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 So yeah. it was it was awesome. It was it's we went up to the roof yeah. and, and did that whole deal. And it felt really special because it's obviously not something he does often, but going all over that building and seeing all those spots, it was so cool. So cool. He literally had like lines of dialogue getting pumped through his walkie talkie. 
That was the level of commitment. It was I so hope, good. I hope he got so paid awesome. well, man. He yeah. really did. He had his buddy, oh, like, man. we opened an elevator and there's a guy sitting there, like, looking like he's dead with now I have a machine gun, ho, 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 on his shirt. And we <laughs> yeah. were like, oh, my God, dude, what? going all a out. Of, a lot of fake is... glass, a lot of oh, bloody footprints. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, you're you're also now making me feel like this should have been my number one choice. This this is a really, really <laughs> well to me the, that whole movie choice. to me that is like you know, in the same way that the Fury Road is like one giant action sequence, Die Hard is one giant action yes. sequence, and so beautifully done. If um, I had to pick one movie, that would be the movie. Yeah, it would be the yeah. first Die Hard. And do also any, just we... talking about the, the the him hanging off the side of the building with the hose and then going into the glass, that was a big influence on the Dubai. It feels like a big influence on the Dubai sequence yeah. in yeah. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, which we talked about earlier. Do we have any do we have any alts that we want to reveal? I, we're we're an inclusive podcast, so I say let's <laughs> let's go through some honorable mentions. I mean, I want I really wanted to include something from Buster Keaton or Harold Lloyd. And so I really considered the finale of Okay, Speedy. Professor. And I really considered something from the general. I wanted. I just wanted. I felt like if we we should. I wanted to throw some respect to the to the the old silent film era, but just I couldn't. I couldn't. It couldn't sneak in. It just feels like the action movies really became a thing in the eighties. I also considered Hitchcock, North by Northwest, the crop duster sequence, whatever. Oh, yeah. But it's just it felt more like suspense to me. And so anyway, those those were my mostly my alts. I think. I had stuff like True Lies, the Seven Mile Bridge sequence. I was thinking about yeah. so good. Uh, Independence Day, the alien attack in Independence Day, because I remember going to see the trailers for Independence when I saw the trailer for Independence Day and not knowing really what the movie was about yet, because the teaser was like that giant wall of fire going through the city. Like, what is what happens in this movie? And and so the way they kind of lay out that sequence is really cool. Uh, obviously, the fugitive train crash and escape is really good. Yeah, the tr the uh, quote trench run from Top Gun Maverick. I thought about, um, yep. and as I said, Saving Private Ryan is a big one. Uh, I just wanted to go with a, a different thing, but just battles in general, the the bombing of Pearl Harbor and Pearl, there was no Michael Bay mentioned here, uh, other than ambulance. Uh, but you know, the Battle of Mogadishu and Black Hawk Down is incredible. Just the whole movie, basically, right? Uh, the Battle of Helm's Deep and the Two Towers uh, is fantastic. So. These were some of the other ones I was thinking of. Uh, yeah, I had, uh, yeah, I had, um, you know, the massacre at Rick Dalton's house uh, in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the climax of Looker, where the like oh, stage wow. is being rearranged while Albert yeah. Finney is is fighting that guy. I I love that movie. I think Crichton is kind of an underrated uh, director. The submarine chase from The Abyss. Uh, the blimp climax of the Rocketeer, uh, the the plane chase from Capricorn One, uh, <laughs> and Andy Garcia getting beheaded in Black Rain, oh. which is yeah, shot by our buddy. Yes, a beauti beautifully shot. God, that yeah. movie is gorgeous. Charles, what are your alts? I think I already said. He went through. I think I, oh, I, think I mentioned earlier right. the finale of Thomas Crown Affair was one that I really wanted to put on this list because it's just pure joy just pure joy and i really wanted to include that one but it just didn't quite feel like an action sequence to me it's yeah. guys walking around with bowling all hands. right we get it we get it charles <laughs> you asked him i know all i'm right, sorry well, i regret I, I, I think we could queue up all of these uh action sequences and just have a hell of a, an afternoon so um you know we did we some will. damage here and hopefully yeah. uh folks enjoyed that um 
Like I say, I mean, I, I do think this, I didn't include it, but I do think the bus jump and speed would probably be on here somewhere for me. Obviously, I just think mm-hmm. it's uh, what they did to, to make that happen. It was I sort like of the last... subway, subway stuff in speed too. I did too. Because I just revisited speed and the sequence that really blew me away this time was the when he's got the, he takes the guy's car and then not when he, when he knocks the door off of it yeah. so that he can more easily jump onto the side of that. It's just, oh my God, that sequence is so great. I think by now when this airs, yes, uh, people will have heard all about that. Uh, just, yeah, the 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 stunt guys involved and the, the various precision drivers and stunt drivers. Uh, I don't need to bog down talking about how awesome speed is on this episode. We didn't um, know how well we had it back then. We just we thought did speed not. was fine. We, didn't, we did not. No. Yeah. We did not. The movie holds up, and so does the, uh, the stunt. And so do all of these. So... Uh, Guys, thank you. Uh, so Light the Fuse is, is Tuesdays, right? Tuesdays, wherever you listen to podcasts, there's new episodes every week. We've got some really fun stuff coming up, uh, including some interviews with actors that were recorded, of course, before the uh, strike. And uh, disclaimer. Lots of great disclaimer. Yes, we have to make that yep. disclaimer. Um and, and a lot of behind a the scenes, fun, fun behind the scenes stuff as well. So yeah, we got a bunch of uh, we've had talks with Christopher McCory a bunch of times over the years that I feel like people would be interested in. Um, yeah, so everything is on our, our website. Going back to our old back catalog, lightthefusepodcast dot com. Uh, in the episode guide, there you can find all our old. We talked to Brad Bird actually back in the day as well, and Brian De Palma himself. Um, yeah. These guys have talked to everybody involved with this movie. I think they've talked to uh, ushers not, who not were in the theaters. We've got, a, uh, we've got a long <laughs> list. Yeah. We have talked to somebody from catering. Uh, we still have some big names on our list, but we're we're slowly chipping away. We talked so. to Cruz's hairstylist for MI2. That was an important one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that's not a joke. That's real. No, no, definitely. <laughs> I clocked that when I saw it. I was like, oh, well done. Well, thanks so much, guys. Everybody check out Light the Fuse. And uh, this was awesome. So I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, thank you so thank much you for so having much us. For, yeah, thank you for having us. That is Drew Taylor and Charles Hood of Light the Fuse. And with that, we're going to be taking the holiday off next week. We're going to do the same thing for Christmas and New Year's, so some much-needed R&R on the horizon. For now, please have a happy Thanksgiving. Enjoy the turkey and stuffing. Try to give if you're in a position to do so. And check back with us in 14 days as we keep this bus a-moving. Next time on 50 miles per hour. There's still some life left in bus 2525 as we finally make it to LAX airport. The security guy came out and said, you guys are going to be shooting in the Bravo Tango area. That means if we get a bomb threat, you have to vacate the area. If I made one lap, I made 50,000 laps going around that course they had laid out for the bus. We'll have more tales of hair-raising stunts as the bus rapidly approaches its fiery end. I can't tell you how big a bus looks when you're laying on your back and it's coming at you. That was like the worst thing for me as a stunt performer because I literally had somebody's life in my hands, but I couldn't even see what I was doing. And when I saw those actors stepping across from the bus to the airport vehicle, I was scandalized. I don't think you should take those risks. When it came on, yeah, it was hot in there. I was like, say action, say it now. All of that and more next time, right here on 50 Miles Per Hour. Thanks so much for listening. 50 Miles Per Hour is written, produced, and edited by yours truly, Chris Tapley. 
You can find us on Twitter at 50MPHPod. I'm at Chris Tapley. That's Chris with a K. You can also catch every episode and more at our website, 50MPHPodcast.com. If you dug the show, please like and subscribe and do all the things. We'll see you next time.